Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time it is in your stratosphere. At the sound of our voice on today, we wish you a glorious hello. We are so, so excited to at all times join with you in the atmosphere of the cyberspace because God has just been so incredible. When we think about technology and we think about, you know, God's um, directive to us to go ye into all the lands, making disciples of all the people, and we stop and think about technology and um, the Internet and just the ability to reach people in the far corners of the world. And so we do not take this time lightly. We are so grateful that God has afforded us a platform and an opportunity to share with you. This is the It's Real Radio broadcast. I am your host, Elder Quaylette James, and... I am always very, very excited to introduce my co-host because she is someone that is so near and dear to my heart, someone that has been in my life over 31 years, and that God strategically made a kingdom connection and joined us together. And I think that's what makes this so special and our our, um, chemistry on air together so special because this is the hand of God at work. So without further ado, may I introduce the song and present to others the beautiful, phenomenally talented Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you, my love? Awesome. Every time you speak of me, it just ignites my spirit over and over again. And when you said 31 years, that's just magnificent because there's not many people that know, I don't believe anyone can count, that they can say they've known that long and it's been true and and uh, awesome as you have, sis, um, elder, um, minister, and many other things that I can say to you. But you've never been caught up in the titles. You've always been caught up in the real, and that's why I love you so much. How are you? I am absolutely phenomenal today. You know, I I was in church this morning, and do you know when you're in a place where 
you can significantly identify a shifting in your life and in your persona and in your spirit. And that's what I felt this morning. I sat there and it was just like there has been a burden and a weight that I have felt and I've carried it and I've known it was there and I've had numerous conversations with God about it. But I sat there this morning and said, you know, I don't feel it. It's gone. And that to me was phenomenal. So I am just in a place of off like this moment as to the faithfulness of God in our lives. That's how I am. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I believe that that's what really ties everything in as we left last week. And we thank God for another week to be here with everyone. And like you're saying, so it's just on the airwaves. And we pray that it's all about making disciples and, and hoping that you gain leadership and joy and comfort and whatever it is that we're feeling, we pour it out on you and every one of you today that you may catch a hold of the vision of Christ and run with the dream. Amen. Yes. 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 I think one of the beautiful things about God, um, and and I don't think we always relate to it as being beautiful, (laughs) but, but it really is. When you really stop and think about it, it is a phenomenal thing that he does for us. And that is before we can share with someone else, before we can minister to someone else, before we can encourage someone else, we first have to walk that walk and allow God to minister to us and to our spirit. And so I think that's the beauty of what we come together and we share with our listeners week after week is the fact that we're not coming from a place of, well, I heard somebody say, we're coming from a place of been there, did that, may even be in the midst of it right now. You know? So when Amen. we're sharing yes. with our with our guests, it is real to us. It is definitely real to us. And I think that's what gives it the oomph. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, sis. And I agree with you. You know, I, I want everyone to know and as well, and I speak it out into the atmosphere, I learn every single week on this show, whether I speak or I'm silent, and I allow you as the author of what we're doing and God has definitely gracefully touched you and what you've gone through in your life. I know you from experience. So I know that what you talk about is real. And so no one can come back and go, that's not true. I know it to be the truth. What I tell everybody I'm out there, we're all both as parents because we want you guys to get it. And we want you guys to understand. Mm -hmm. No, I don't always get Mm -hmm. it. Yes, I'm growing every week, and that's what the show is going to be about. As If you guys remember what we left you with last week, I have so much. My sister has so much to tell you in just seven days of what God has been doing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, perfect segue. I, I just kind of want to do the setup of, of today's topic, um, and then I would love to hear what you've experienced over these past seven days. Um but God gave me a, a specific topic for today, and it was called the survivalist syndrome. And he gave the subtitle, Survival by Any Means Necessary. The survivalist syndrome, survival by any means necessary. We ended the show last week talking about being in that survival mode. Um, and 
some, a few of the pros and cons of being in that place. And um, as Kenya began to share last week and say, you know, I really think we need to make this a show. And, and I was in total agreement because this, even one show will not capture, I don't think, the whole essence that God wants to, to present. But I do believe that there are many of you out there that, are in the survivalist syndrome. It it, it is that place of, you know, you have fought and clawed your way through life. You have had to survive because of various different circumstances, and it has put you in a specific category of people and mindset. And there are very, very good things that come from that, but there are also very, very detrimental things that come from that when you're walking in that syndrome within your relationship with God. And, of course, this is the It's Real Radio broadcast, and we deal with real issues um, with real talk. And so that's what we're going to do today. I would love to caution you um, because I think today's show is going to be an uh, adult-centered show because um, I think we're going to share some things as far as walking as a survivor, and you may not want little kids listening. Um, I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. It, it's up to you. You know, you can explain it however you want to to your children. But being in survival mode, being in that survivalist syndrome, will cause you to walk some walks and do some things that you would not ordinarily do. And and we're going to be transparent before you, and we're going to be real before you as we discuss these things. And so this is why I'm putting that disclaimer out there. Um, you know, everything that we walk through, like I just said, you know, God will use it, and he will turn that thing around to help somebody else maybe not walk that way or to help somebody uh-huh. that is in the midst of that that needs deliverance. So we're going to be real with you, you know, and I, I just want you to understand that. Um, so that being said, sis, tell me about these past seven days in your life. Wow. Um, my subtopic and the topic of what I want to speak about, and, and that's building walls and foundations that mm-hmm. don't need to be. And we mm-hmm. block out God, and we block out loved ones as well. And mm-hmm. that's just being on defense, offense at all times. We mm-hmm. think it's good because the world and what's going on, and before we know it, that's why the word of God says, harden not thy heart. I used to say that all the time, and I spoke about it all the time, but I'm truly understanding what that means. Mm-hmm. Building walls, unwanted walls of guarding yourself. Mm-hmm. Because we're supposed to be humble, but at the same time be wise as a serpent, how do you do those two things? How can they intervene in our lives today? Well, for the last mm-hmm. seven days, since the last time I spoke with you guys, and even my sister, I realized at work, in my marriage, in my situation, in my comfort zone, that I have built walls. And when mm-hmm. you build walls so high and when you build Things. You build situations and things that don't need to be there. And let me break it down for you. 
it's good to be on defense again. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But you have to ask God to help you to know him. And in knowing him, he balances you equally of how it should go. No, I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you that, again, I'm not perfect. No, I'm not going to tell you that I don't sin. I don't fuss. I don't cuss. I can tell you that it's been a while. I can tell you that every time situations come now, I look at it and say, how do I want to handle this situation? And I'm so grateful in the praise and the joy is celebrating that I don't handle it how I used to. I find myself mm. saying more of, you remember how I used to do this? To my husband, I used mm-hmm. to flip out to, you know what? I don't choose to look at it like that, nor do I choose to hold on to it, and I'm going to tear down the walls. And one, mm. I'm going to put that out there, sis, one of the titles to a book that I'm writing is, And the Walls Came Tumbling Down. And that is the walls of Jericho. And that's what we're speaking about today. Amen. I'm not going to talk, but I'm going to tell you this, that I had some situations that I had to look at. I had to look at me. And I had a really good conversation, you guys, with my mom this week. That was a wall that came tumbling down. And I was able to just talk to her about perception and the things that I've learned on the show and that I can take. And the mom, don't look at it like this. Sometimes it's a person's perception. And I want you to know that we all love you. And I realize something. We're all a part of you. And the Holy Spirit allowed me to break down the many different diamonds and facets in her life that we all became one. And that was her. And I thank God that Mm -hmm. she was receiving of that. I realized on my job that I didn't have to build that wall of seeming like I was tough, that I can be transparent like I am on the show. And I'm going to stand at the same time and believe of who I am and not allow anyone to take that from me. I realized in my marriage that I can let down the walls because God told me before, anything that I needed you to know, I showed you, whether it was in a vision, Mm. a dream, or I allowed someone to come and tell you. So if there was anything that I needed you to know here, I will let you know you need to live. Mm. So the walls came tumbling down, that defense, that offense. So I'm just grateful because I know that there's more to come. I'm not telling you that things don't go bad because they do. My mm-hmm. baby daughter, the one, my little rebel, she called me up a couple of days ago and told me some things that normally it would have joked to me. The walls would have came up. Oh, my gosh, it would have been on. But this time I chose to say, I love you. Okay, if that's the way you feel, I understand. I'll catch you at another time. No, it took years to get here. It took time, but I thank God because I can see the glory of God tearing down the walls of Jericho. There was a reason why he told Mm -hmm. them to walk around that city so many times. And there was a reason why the walls came tumbling down. And that's what we are talking about today. And I'm sure my sister's going to tie into what I'm saying. And make it even greater than that. Amen. Amen. That's phenomenal and that's so real. And that's part of the survivalist syndrome is building those walls, you know, and part of 
healing and getting into that place where we give God preeminence rather over our survivalist mentality and reactions um, is all coupled in what you just said in tearing down those walls. So that is phenomenal. That That is phenomenal. It absolutely ties in. Well, okay, so as I thought about this and as I shared last week, you know, I've had to come face-to-face with this within my own life. And, and I've known that I was a survivalist for, for the majority of my life, actually, but never did I come face-to-face with the repercussions of being that as I have within the past few weeks, which, like I said, I kind of touched on a little bit last week. But anyway, for those of you that didn't hear it, you guys need to go back and listen to last week's show because it was fire, man. We we delved into some things that was really, really good. Be that as it may, I want to start by breaking down some things as far as being a survivalist. Most of us, um, can relate, especially if we if we are a part, and if we if we will admit to ourselves and allow ourselves to be honest with ourselves, because that that's what this show is about. We we've got to it's real, it, it's real. We got to keep it real, and above all else, we got to keep it real with ourselves. <clears throat> so if we do that, if we have that survivalist mentality, we have to go back to what we were probably told as a child that stayed with us, and it was all about survival of the fittest, survival of the fittest. If you were um, any kind of athlete, you knew that, you know, you had to keep on, you had to survive, you had to um, endure. Even with the word of God, when you think about it, the word of God tells you that the race is not given to the swift, but to him who endures to the end. So even that will put you in that frame of mind of survival of the fittest. You know, I got to be strong because I got to be survived. I got to survive because I can't let nobody take me down, especially those of you that did not grow up in church all your life, that came from the street, and you know the street was doggy dog world. And if you weren't strong and if you did not have that survival instinct, you would be swept away. You know, you would literally be swept away. So you got into that mindset of survival of the fittest and you made sure you were going to survive. Let me read something to you. I looked this up because my this is how my mind works. Like where did that saying even evolve from? Survival of the fittest. And I looked it up and, and believe it or not, it has an origin. I went to Wikipedia, as we know, that's that's the new um, go-to place when you're looking to, to find some information. Wikipedia says this. It says, survival of the fittest is a phrase that originated from a Darwin evolutionary theory as a way of describing the mechanism of natural selection. It says that the biological concept of fitness is defined by reproductive success. In Darwin, Darwin terms, the phrase is best understood as survival of the form that leaves the most copies of itself in successive generations. 
Now, and I'm going to break that down to you in just a moment, but the person that actually coined the phrase survival of the fittest was a man by the name of Herbert Spencer. And he first used the phrase after he read Charles Darwin's um, book on the origin of species. Now, all anyone that knows about Darwinism or Charles Darwin knows that he is the person that spent the most time perpetuating or promoting the theory of evolution, okay? According to Darwin's theory, we all evolved from a, a microorganism in the ocean, fish grew, fish sprouted legs, fish came on land, fish on land turned into different species. One of those species was the monkey and the gorilla, and we evolved from that, all of that mess, okay? Um, I, I hope I don't offend any. If you're into Darwinism, I don't believe in it. I believe in the creator and that we were created in his image and in his likeness. So I am not a proponent of the the theory of evolution, okay? I don't believe in Darwin. But that being said, something jumped out in reading this to me, and this is the line that really got me. It says, in Darwinian terms, the phrase is best understood as survival of the form that will leave the most copies of itself in successive generation, the form that will leave the most copies of itself in successive generations. I think that leaped out at me so strongly because as I shared with you last week, when I go and I look at myself as being part of this survivalist syndrome, and I, I would really wish that all of you would do the same, is to find out where did that originate from? Where did our, our innate instinct of survival grow to such a place that it dictated. Survival dictated everything that we did. And when I thought about that, that makes copies of itself in successive generations, as I said last week, I thought back to even even my biological DNA from where I don't even know my biological mother, but I do know she was a survivalist because in order to survive, once she found out she was carrying me and my sperm donor turned his back and her family turned their back and she found herself in a strange city with the only family member that she knew there putting her out, she went into survival mode and to survive put herself into a home for unwed mothers and gave me up for adoption. And I don't believe that it was just survival for herself. I believe that she was also thinking in terms of survival for me as well. And I say that because she didn't flush me. You see, a, a, a selfish survivalist in her position would have had an abortion. But in her place, instead of avoiding me, she went into a survival mode not only for herself but for me as well. You've got to understand that when you are carrying a child, your emotions and the different things that you go through become integrated into that child's DNA and psyche, even though that child is not 
outside of your womb, but because that child is inside of your womb, that's why it is so important that as a mother carrying a child that you try to keep yourself calm, that you're not irrational, that you're not angry all the time, that, you know, you, you don't go from zero to 200 in 0.1 seconds, that you're not always going off or whatever. But it is important. And one thing Tanya and I both, our spiritual mom used to teach, um, is that, you know, for a mother that is carrying a child, that you read the word of God to that child, that you play music to that child, that you speak to that child, that even the father takes the time to speak to your womb, to speak to your the child within inside of you, calming things, soothing things, so that child is peaceful when they enter into this earth realm. I believe that. I really, really believe that. So that being said, that was the first import or inputting of that survival mechanism within me. And I'm just using me as an example. I would like for all of you that will be honest and know that you operate in that survivalist syndrome to trace back where did yours come from, okay? In the natural, here, with the, the environment that I grew up in, okay, my mother that raised me, she was a survivalist. She didn't have a choice in surviving. She had to fight her way through life as even a child. She came from a home where her father abused her mother at will. She grew up with that. So, And I thought about this even deeper, Tam, this past week. When I thought about my relationship with my mother and I thought about one of the things that pastor teaches us all the time is that you can't, a lot of times you can't give what you've never received because you don't know how. So a lot of times people as a parent, you know, it's very difficult for you to be the parent that even you may desire to be because you've never had that emulated before you and it it was never given to you. Now we make changes and, and we make decisions. You know what I'm saying? To try to be better Amen. at something. But nevertheless, we are products of our environment. We're products of what we grew up in. So when I, I agree with that. And I thought back to my mother. Yeah. Amen. When I thought back to my mother, I was like, okay. So she grew up in a home with a very abusive father. So I have to imagine that her mother had to be in survival mode all the time also. Because... It was like, you know, I have to survive this abusive relationship, not to mention survive the the times in which she lived in. Now, my mother was a fair woman. My grandmother was a fair woman, too. And think about my grandmother was born in the late 1800s. My mother was born in 1913. So, you know, when you think back to the times in which they came up, so, again, like I said last week, my mother didn't, didn't fit in the white man's world and didn't fit in the black man's world because we all know we color struck. And if people come in, you know, back in the day and they were fair-skinned and you know they were fair-skinned because some body of another <laughs> ethnic race had sex with somebody back in your ancestry and that's how you got so bright. Okay, whether it was forced sex or consensual, and 90% of the time it was forced, you know, you are outcast too. You know what I'm saying? You are outcast too. So 
Growing up in that kind of environment, she was never allowed to be a child because of the toxic environment she grew up in. And I have to imagine that my grandmother trying to survive this abusive husband, survive the times in which she was living in and raise a child probably didn't have a whole lot of time to be overly affectionate. She's working. She's fighting. She's fighting life. She's fighting in her home, you know? So then here comes my mother who was not that touchy-feely kind of mom. She was not all hugs and kisses. She was not the mom, mom, love you, love you, love you. Why? Because she didn't grow up with that. She grew up in a home of survival. She left home at 16, as I shared last week. And this is why I said this might not be a show for young people, but when we trace back, we can really see a pattern here. So at 16, she left home, but she also had an abortion by a quack that left her sterile, which is why she wanted up adopting because she, no, she was never able to conceive again and at a very early age had to have a hysterectomy because the man butchered her so badly. So, you know, you That's think powerful. about this. And then her first two relations, her first husband, she married at 16. He called himself abusive. Now, she didn't say, or after growing up in an abusive home, she was like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing this. So she only stayed married to him for 10 months. But then as she got older and her early 20s, she married another man who after a few years of marriage turned abusive as well. Okay? So you think about these patterns, okay? This is why I'm saying this thing stood out. It's like will, they will leave the most copies of itself in successive generations. So we got generation after generation in my lineage that had to survive because of their upbringing. So then that comes to me, and I'm in a home, and I was talking to my nephew. We went out to dinner. He was in town this weekend, and we were talking Friday night, and I said, you know, when I think about it, and I've said this before, my childhood ended at seven. Literally, my childhood ended at seven. Why? Because my father died at seven. So obviously my father did grew up in a different type of environment. My father was more of my nurturer. My father was the one that made things fun. My father was the one that allowed me to be a child. When my father died, that ended. Because now it's just me and my mother. My mother and I had conversations were conversations like you and I would have. It wasn't like mother-daughter as far as, a, a grown person talking to a child, no, they were just straightforward conversations. And, and, and so I grew up very quickly, you know, and they say that people that are raised by older people, you know, their mentality is different, which is true. When, when my mother and father, I think my father had just turned 50 or was about to turn 50 when they adopted me. My mom was in her mid-40s, you know, so these weren't kids that adopted me. These are older people. You know, so the relationship, yeah. the dynamic of the relationship was totally different. Okay. And I'm going somewhere with this because I'm trying to help those of you that are listening to this understand that, that survival mentality and how you get there. And, 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 and there are, there was a time in my life that had I not been a survivalist, I would not have made it. So that's why I'm saying to you, it has pros and cons. So then you fast forward, and I had my first child at 14, okay? 
well, what do you think I got to do now? I've got to survive. I've got to be a mother. I've got to be a student. I've got to be a worker. And I've got to be the daughter of a mother who has now turned to alcohol as her solace, who also becomes an abuser. I'm just being honest here. I never doubted my mother's love for me, but if we're going to be honest, okay, we have to be tell the truth about things. You know, she became abusive. Why? Because she was angry and she was hurt at the life that she had lived and at the fact that my father wasn't there. So, and then the alcohol added to it. So to survive, I got into that survivalist mode. When she would call me things that a mother shouldn't speak to a child, the first time it cut me like a knife. This leads to what you just said, Tam, about the walls we build up. So the first time it, yeah. it cut me like a knife, and I, I remember like it was yesterday, I was 16 years old, and she called me out my name, and it was just like, are you serious? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that was the yeah. first time. Now, my survivalist instinct, that second time, it didn't hurt that bad because that wall had started to come up. By the third yeah. time, I had developed the attitude, I really don't care what you think about me if that's what you think. If that's what you feel, right. then I don't care what you feel because there's that survival. There's that, yes. that covering. There's that, that thing. That pro, you know what I'm that saying? That helps talking about. you yep. get through. Yep. yep, yep. You know? That's what that's, what, that's that coating. That's, that's that wall you build to protect you from the elements. Yes. 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 You think they yes. protect you, but while you think you're exactly. protecting yourself, you're really – Honestly, you guys, cutting out a lot of your blessings and your visions because it shuts you down spiritually mm-hmm. um, in, in so many different ways. You know, mm-hmm. I heard something, you guys, I want to share with everybody. And the gentleman said that hurt puts a lot of holes inside of you. You know, it, when people mm-hmm. hurt you and when different things happen, it leaves holes. But what you don't mm-hmm. know is if you allow it, the holes that are left, it, you can fill it up with light. And that light mm-hmm. is supposed to permeate and radiate through all the past hurt. So I, I, I mm-hmm. get you. You know, that's, that's the conversation I was able to have with my mom. This is why I'm this way, I realized. This is why this person's this way and this, this person. These are people mm-hmm. in my family, my sisters. And that allowed mm-hmm. me to not only see the situation in hand, but more walls came down because I realized I can be myself and who I am. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's okay. And, you know, what you were saying, says that's how my mom was and different things in her life has happened that she may not talk about, but she built walls mm-hmm. and she went into survivorship. People, you have to understand mm-hmm. when you're molested at a young age, what you don't realize mm-hmm. is you're okay, I'm okay, everything's all right. Are you all right or have you built the wrong walls to protect you from what has hurt you? Mm. Because what I'm saying is God, I truly believe in my heart, God doesn't build walls. He builds boundaries, and those are different to me. And you people got to mm-hmm. know the boundaries of life, and, and people have to know their boundaries of you, but walls keep 
people out and keep good things mm-hmm. out. And again, mm-hmm. survivorship is good. You know, you guys, you guys laugh at me when I tell you my plumbing went out. Our survivorship was kicking to Daniel Boone's stage. You ain't going to let this upset you or frustrate you, start uh, fussing and cussing behind something you can't change. But until then, you're going to get that big pot of water like Grandmama taught you, boiling on the stove. You know what I'm saying? Wash your face, wash your body, you know, brush your teeth. They pour it out the window. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again. And that's survivorship. Survivorship is, mm-hmm. okay, um, it's not a lot of money right now. But you know what? You know how to go in the grocery store, get you some lunch meat, a loaf of bread. You know what I'm trying to say? A half yep. a gallon of milk instead of a gallon. You you know what I'm trying to say? You don't get um, sweets and ding-dongs, but you get a bag of rice or a bag of potatoes because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's survivorship. Survivorship is, okay, you don't have money right now to last you, so you, you can't go places that you do. So you cut back, you stay at home, you invent something to do positive at home. You don't drive around as much because you're saving the gas because you need to go to work. So that's called survivorship to me. Survivorship is, you know, you're out there and, you know, you know the elements that you're in. You go to protect the things. When you go to however it is, that's survivorship to me. But survivorship is not cutting people out that love you, that want to help you. I believe that there's blessings out there. But when you throw up the wrong walls, you really eliminate what God, who God needs to use to get through to bless you. So, like you're saying, sis, survivorship is good and it's bad. You know, my middle daughter, my I had not had her since she was eight. And it's a long story and we've talked about it. But just as I probably spoke about it last week, but the Holy Spirit gave me again. What you don't understand is, see, the, the, the devil kept wanting you to look at this situation because you gave her over to her dad at eight as you was wrong as a mother. But what you don't know is you made a sacrifice because you knew the situation that you was in and you did not want her to see that. So you sacrificed a part of yourself and you gave her to her father, which wasn't a bad situation because she's beautiful. I may have to take a change in our relationship or whatever, but I made a sacrifice to know that I wanted her to be greater than my situation and circumstances of what I was doing in my life at the time of my life. So I thank God for that, you guys. It's the time, like my sister saying, just to keep it real. God will give you understanding. God will give you grace. God will give you peace in in the midst of what you're going through. And we have to be careful, again, like my sister saying, not to build walls of division, but to build relationships of balance and being set free and unguarded. Am I kind of making sense a little bit, Seth? You make perfect sense, you know, and and some of the things that you just shared, those are the pros of being a survivalist. You know, you learn to, like, as a single mom out there, I I learned how to make, take $5 and feed all three of us, go to the store and buy specifics, you know what I'm saying, and and cook it and feed us. Um, I I learned, you know, I, I was raised, my mom, one of the things that my mom instilled into me was not to depend on anybody. 
you know, I shared this before mm-hmm. that, you know, we had a conversation one day and I'm like, you raised me to be independent. She was like, yeah, but everybody but me, no, it doesn't work that way. Either I'm dependent or I'm independent. But, you know, so I understand. And that was part of that survivalist upbringing, you know, but here's the Gee, key. Yes. In being, in being in that survival syndrome, example, a pro was of being a survivalist is at, 17, 18 years old, I'm out there in my own apartment with two babies knowing I've got to take care of these babies. So I would literally walk two miles each night to work and two miles back in the morning because I was I, I had to make sure that I had provisions for my children. And so that was part of being a survivalist, you know, that was a survival pro to make me go out there and, you know, there was no excuse, you know, if, if there was an opportunity that I could earn a living and go out there, then whatever it took to do that, I did that. And I did just that, right? Now, same scenario, a con to it was when I did not have a job, but I still knew I had children, and I still knew I had to take care of those children. Flip side of that is, I would sell my body to take care of my children because I had to survive for my kids and for me. So you see, I mean, there's a fine line. One was illegal and immoral. The other one was perfectly legal, but a hardship. But because of being in that survival mode, that's when we get to the point of by any means necessary. We will survive by any means necessary. So there has to come a point in time once you give your life to the Lord. Now, this is, see, this is pre-me giving myself over to Christ. So to bring this thing full circle, once we give ourselves to Christ and God is doing a work within us because we all have a path. Okay, and God is doing a work in us and he's transforming us and he's healing us and he's reshaping us and he's remolding us. And we are we are receptive to the things of God and to accept the things that God is putting in our life. And it's all good for a while. But see, the enemy still knows at heart you're a survivalist. And so if something pops up and God in your mind has not moved fast enough, but you feel you have to take care of this, what's going to happen? That survival syndrome is going to pop back up. And then you go back into by any means necessary. And then so you do things. You may not do what you did back then, but you're still doing things that probably is not within the scope of what God would want you to do. Why? Amen. Because you feel you have to. Amen. Because you're so used to being a survivalist. Because we're used to being a So that brings us to, yes, because you're used to it. And remember, the things of the enemy, the enemy has familiar spirits that have watched you all your life. So therefore, the enemy can take these situations that they know 
you will react to and push a button, cause a situation to pop up and push a button in you to say, oh, well, you know, you got to take care of that. You know, you know, you can't just leave that out there. And, you know, and, and you have the ability to do it, so you need to go get that straight. So we've got to get to a place in our relationship with God that though we are strong and we know how to survive, that we survive within the ramifications of what God directs as opposed to what we feel we've got to do. See, I was that one that always felt I have to make something happen. I've got to make sure it's taken care of. The I syndrome goes along with the survivalist syndrome. Me, me, me. I, I, I. I got to do this. I've got to make sure this is taken care of. Why? Because everybody is depending on me. Where does everybody come? They come to me. Everybody on my job, who do they pick up the phone and call? They call me. My family, where do they come when they need safe haven? Where do they come when they need help? Where do they come when something goes awry in their life? They come to me. So I take that as being, okay, I got to make this happen. I got to make that happen. I got to do this. I got to do that over there. I'm going to share with you guys a very valuable thing that Mother Atkinson said to me one day, and I still have to go back and replay it periodically because I find myself in that same place over and over again. And she said to me, she said, baby girl, you got to stop playing Holy Spirit. And I'm going, Mother, what are you talking about? I'm not trying to play like I'm the Holy Spirit. She said, yes, you are. And she said, let me explain to you why. She said, because every time one of your children come to you and they have a problem and you can't solve that problem, you get all flustered and upset. She said, but that's not your job. Not at this point in their life. It is not your job to solve all of their problems. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to give them guidance and directives the same way he's got to give you guidance and directives. And if you are the one that's always solving their problems, they're never going to go see God. They're going to continually Amen. seek you. And you become Amen. that God. Oh, wow, that's powerful. Yes, yes, yes. So, you that's know, we, we, we have to get to a place where, Lord, I thank God that you've caused me to survive. But guess what I have in turn done to my daughter? Now, my relationship with my daughter is totally a, a different relationship than I had with my mother. We are very close. We are very bonded with one another. In fact, she's probably one of the closest people on the planet to me, okay? Bond is very, very strong and tight. Not the relationship I had with my mother. I made a conscious decision that I would have a different relationship with my children. However, because I'm a survivalist, I've raised my daughter to be a survivalist. Remember the, what I said is that part of that survival of the fittest is that survival of the form that will leave the most copies of itself in successive generations. So I'm saying to you guys, what are you teaching and pro- portraying 
and showing your children. Now, I absolutely do not apologize for teaching my children that you, you know, you, you can't depend on people all the time. You know, you make sure that you got a strong backbone. I, I'm, I'm not upset and I'm not apologizing for teaching them that. But the flip side of that is I would have been remiss in my duties to them if I didn't show them once I had my relationship with God the importance of not depending on me but depending on God. so that the two can work hand in hand, so that you're not a weak, wimpy Christian, okay, who is always woe is me and crying at the drop of a dime, but you are that Christian that will stand toe-to-toe, flat-footed, and allow the spirit of God that is within you defeat the enemy that's within the world. You recognize and understand that your strength, your survival mode is not with in who you are, but whose you are. And the fact that if it were not for the living God that lives within you, that gives you guidance, that gives you the strategy, that gives you directions, that shapes and molds you, you would not be the, have the victories that you will have. You will not be the person to survive in right standing with him. So we've got to get to a place where even in that, that place of survival, I, I'm not telling you not to be one that, that is a survivor. That is not what I'm telling you because you have to be a survivor to survive. But what I am saying to you is that you must get to a place in your state of survival that you recognize that your survival is not intrinsically dependent upon you. It is intrinsically dependent upon God. And so shift your your train of thought. You shift those walls. Like my sister was saying, you allow the walls that you have built up to come down so that God can come in. Yeah, I've said so this many times on this show that I am I, I, I don't trust easy because of what I've walked through, because of the betrayals that I have I've endured. So I'm not a very trusting person. I don't trust people. I'm just I guess this is the truth of it. Okay? And I recognize that. But just because I don't trust people, I gotta trust God. So if God tells me to allow this person into my life, if God tells me to do thus, thus, and thus for somebody, if God tells me, as he just did a couple of weeks ago, no, if you say you're walking in faith, do you have enough faith to stay where you are as opposed to leave where you are? If I say stay, how strong is your faith to stay? See, we'll always, I'll quit there, we'll step out on faith and we'll walk away in faith. But what if I say stay? Will you trust me enough to stay in your faith? Come on. We got to get to a place where our survival becomes dependent or interdependent, okay? Because we got a hard time being dependent. I know, I know, I got it. But our survival becomes interdependent upon God, that we recognize and understand, I'm only going to survive this. I'm only going to get through this if I take it step by step according to the directions that God has given me, not my by any means necessary in what I can do, 
but by any means necessary in what God can do, which means that I have opened up my heart to him, I've opened up my mind to him, and I am content to stop complaining and be content in, okay, God, if you say stay, I'm going to stay, because you know tomorrow I don't. If you tell me to do thus, thus, and thus, I'm going to do thus, thus, and thus. If you say trust me in the midst of this, then I'm going to trust you in the midst of this. And I'm not going to do what I think I've got to do to make it happen. I'm going to trust you to make it happen. Amen. That's the shift we have to get to. In Amen. the midst of the survival survival syndrome. Go ahead. Sarah. Amen. No, you. I just had to say amen to that. And if, when you hear me say amen a lot, anybody, it's because it's done. Seal it. That's what I truly believe. That's what God says. While my sister was speaking, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that when you are under a false sense of survivalship, then you're under a false sense of security. And mm, yes, yes. allow God to lead the way and, again, to permeate your soul. Things happen, molestation, rape, dishonor, whatever it is, separation in your family. Things do happen, and we do. We thank God. It kicks us in survivalship mode to protect us from the prowls of the enemy. I believe that. Mm. But continue yeah. to put God in it. And when you put God in it and you continue to put God in the midst of it, in the middle of it, then you realize that that survivorship becomes what God needs it to be to protect you from the enemy, to protect you from the prowlers and the fowlers that fly by noon and day and by night. But at the same time, it allows your heart to be open for what God needs you to do and open you up for your blessings. So again, when you're under the false sense of survivorship because a lot of times with my sister what I was just trying to tell you is things have happened in your life what sometimes what you don't realize and you need to take inventory is you're in a survivorship mode sometimes it's blocking your Mm. blessings because you put walls Mm. up and different entities there don't need to be I did it I didn't think that I did you guys See, my sister will tell you straight out, but my sister will tell you I was a trusting person. I believe people. I trusted people. And now before mm-hmm. I knew it, I had to do some inventory of myself and say, I don't trust people like I thought I did. If you did, you wouldn't react mm-hmm. this way, Tanya, or you wouldn't say that, or you wouldn't do that. So it comes from you not trusting. That comes in marriages. You're not trusting your husband or trusting your wife mm-hmm. because what you don't know is mm-hmm. you've been under a false sense of survivorship. You've been hurt before, so you throw up a wall. So now you get in another relationship, and you think everything's going good because ain't nothing going wrong. But still, because you don't, un- because things are not spoken, because things are unsaid, that doesn't mean to make things right. We mm. have to take inventory and ask God yeah. to turn, show us ourselves from the inside out. Period. Because we don't want to use survivorship as a weapon. That just came to me in my mm. spirit. Holy Spirit just spoke that to me. You don't want to use survivorship as a weapon. Again, mm. ask God to come into your life and to open up your heart and to permeate your soul. Where hurt has put so many holes inside of you, asking the Holy Spirit to come in and fill those holes up with light. So when I keep saying permeate, the Holy Spirit keeps 
uh, leading me to say that, and that's take over, be around, encircle you, engulf you in it, become a part of it. Because, again, you don't want the wrong false sense of survivorship. Survivorship is good. I believe the Bible teaches us to be survivors, and that's good. But know what side you're on, because one thing you don't want to do, you don't want to cancel your blessings, and you don't want to not have God in it. Because I believe sometimes the enemy makes us believe that God is in our lives sometimes, and he's not, because we've thrown up a wall in that survivorship and in that, in, in that bubble. And we think that he's there, but we let him in when we want to let him in, not when he needs to come in. Okay, Lord, I'm going to let you mm-hmm. in right now. But if you don't do what I mm. say and things don't work out, mm. you know, if this deal mm. don't go through and that job don't come through, then, okay, mm. you're back out. Mm. You're on the other side yeah. of it, yeah. of my survivorship. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to survive, Lord, because, see, you didn't allow that blessing to come through. So now I'm going to have to do what I got to do. I'm going to have to turn back exactly. to some of my old ways to make this thing happen That's because it. you didn't answer me when I needed you to answer me. That's what I'm talking yep. about. I've been there. Yep. That's what that's what Elder was talking about. What will you kick back into? What's really mm. truly there? When you allow the Holy Spirit to open you up and show you yourself. Because you know what I tell the Lord all the time? Show me myself. I don't want the world mm. to judge me. Because they are harsh and nasty. But mm. give me my brother and sister in Christ, mm. someone that I can depend on, someone I love. You show me myself, Mm -hmm. and he does, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I didn't realize with my husband, I was in survivorship. That's why the money started getting messed up, our finances, because I didn't trust him with my money. I was like, when I met you, you was doing good with your own money. Why you need my money? I'm spend my money Mm -hmm. whatever way I want to. And my survivorship, that was my old survivorship. That didn't lead me into being a couple. And then all the money no. start getting messed Mm-mm. up, and I'm looking at him like, what you doing? And he looking at me like, you didn't go as planned because you didn't trust me. Why are mm. we delayed? Because you didn't trust me. Those are the walls, you guys. Those are the wow. survivorship wow. that I was in. When in my, mm. my time, I felt like my raise, you don't do what I say do. If I don't get this raise, I'm quitting this job. They can go to the death. Mm. I'll mm. go get me something else. See, that's that false sense of survivorship. Mm-hmm. When God's mm-hmm. saying, stay where you are, be still and know that I'm God. Hmm. It's okay. It's amazing. It's amazing how we allow things to agree with what we want to do anyway. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, it, it's like, well, I didn't want to give it to you to begin with, so I'm going to use the fact that I've been misused in the past to say I don't trust you because this ain't what I want to do. Right. And we and have we to get to, to a it's place. A, it's that survivorship. We don't see, and we don't mean to use that. What, what people, a lot of people don't understand is sometimes you don't mean to. It's that old survivorship law. Come it's up. convenient so for you. You've walked that. in it. You've walked right. in it for so right. long. It, it, it's convenient. Right. It's convenient. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Sis, if you don't mind, because I know we're coming at the end of the show, 
But yeah, we got ninety seconds. <laughs> okay, if this show can lead into another series, not only of just the survivorship, but of what we were just talking about of knowing who you are in the midst of it all. And that's, that's important. Good. And that's good. Yes, knowing it is. who you are. Because, and, no, in, let me tell you what's more important. Mm-mm. What's more important than knowing who you are is knowing who you are. When you right. get to that place of, of surrendering to the Father yes. and saying, not my will, but thine be done. See, that's where you cross from that survivalist mentality into, Lord, I truly trust you. With my well, how with about me. we say surviving my life? How about we say the next show would be surrendering in the midst of survivorship, surrendering yourself in the midst of survivorship. See, you guys, we have to keep I talking about this because we need bondages and chains to be broken. And I love that song, yeah. Break Every Chain. And I truly believe mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit said He will break the bonds and the chains, He will not leave thy yeah. soul in hell. He will deliver us from them all. You want to be delivered yeah. from things because you want to be able to live the rest of your days, your life, and what God has blessed you with in perfect peace. That's whose mind yes. is stayed on thee. Amen. Yes. So again, next show, please, please post it. It's going to be surrendering in the midst of survivorship, letting go of being molested or raped. Letting go of being mistreated or abused. Letting go of those things. Letting down the walls of the wrong survivorship and surrendering yourself to God to receive the blessings that he has for you in this lifetime. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, sis. I love you. Amen. I love you, too. I love you, too. So, you guys, share this broadcast. There are many, many people that need this word, and let them know what next week is going to be about so they can tune in to next week, too. We love you with the love of Christ and pray that your upcoming week will be phenomenal, phenomenal, and that you will be set free and free to allow God rulership over your life. Have a blessed, blessed week. We love you guys. With you, Lord willing. Same God time, same God channel next week. God God channel. Amen. Love you, sis. Love you, sis. Love you, too. Let's keep it real.